Hi there, and welcome back to It's All Relative. My name is Yvonne Mercado, and I like to chat about perspective. <laughs> or um, a little perspective on this episode. This is actually my first recording. This is the first episode I am recording, so you are likely not listening to this episode first as this is not the first episode I'm going to publish, but I just have to get this out um, while it's fresh and it's been stewing and sitting on my heart for at least a week now. And um, it's kind of been the thing that's like forced me to go ahead and move forward with the podcast that I've been um, stewing over for years and years and years. And, um, just while this story that I'm about to tell you has been ruminating in me for, like I said, the last week at least, probably maybe closer to like 10 days now, um, it's been like, you know what, this, this would be, this is something I want to talk about on the podcast. And so um, there wasn't a podcast yet <laughs> 10 days ago, and so now there is. So with all that said, uh, today I want to talk about the term holding space and what that means to me. Um, I would love to hear what it means to you. And I want this episode to stir in you. Um, if you've heard that term hold space and you didn't really understand what it, what it meant, um, which I didn't really understand what it meant for a long time until I considered this event in my life. I guess it was an event. Um, so anyway, uh, if you don't know what hold, what it means to hold space, I would love for this episode to give you um, an idea of that. And if you have an idea of what it means to hold space, I would love to help solidify that or just give you, I just want to offer some perspective. And where do I begin? <laughs> Like I said, this is the first episode I'm recording, so I, maybe I won't even edit it. Maybe I'm just going to let it ride and just so that we can all look back <laughs> in a few episodes and go, wow, she's really come a long way. Anyway, I appreciate you hanging in there with me, dear, dear listener. Um, okay, so where we will begin uh, to for context, um, like I said, about 10 days ago, week and a half ago-ish, maybe even two weeks ago. I can't remember exactly what day it was. But I was um, I was driving in my car, as one does, and um, I was actually logged in to DoorDash doing some deliveries. Sometimes I do that um, on days off or when I don't have anything else going on or when I just want to go out to eat and I want to not pay for it. I say, oh, I'll do DoorDash for a couple hours and then I'll use that money to to treat myself. So it was really slow and I was at a red light and I, you know, I understand I'm not supposed to be looking at my phone driving, but I did it. Okay. I would appreciate no judgment, but it's, it's happened. It happened. It's over now and I'm not, I'm not doing it again. Um, so I opened up Facebook while I was at this, it was a really long red light just in my defense. 
And I had, I typed in my friend Justin's name because he had been popping into my head like on more than a couple occasions. And I don't know how long this has been happening. I think at least a few months now. But over the last maybe two or three weeks prior to this this day, um, it had been more frequent. Like uh, uh, multiple things had reminded me of him. And I kept thinking like, gosh, where's he been? What's he been doing? Um, I haven't seen or heard of him on Facebook at all. And he was someone who would usually like my posts or like I would see his name. Like we didn't interact a ton. I don't even know if we like interacted consciously at all, but like I would see his name, you know, either tagged in things or um, liking my posts. And I thought, well, I'm not really posting a ton anymore. So maybe that's why and it was just weird. Like, why does he keep popping in my head? And I had this nagging feeling. And this was, this was um, a friend that I knew close to 20 years ago back when I lived in Southern California, just where I grew up. Um, I knew him. We probably met in maybe like 2003, 2004, that neighborhood. Probably 2003. I was 23. And I lived in that area. I moved from that area three years later. And then we kept in touch. And then I, I, I had moved like to San Diego, which was about an hour from where we lived. And then I moved, I moved around a lot after that. So we were mainly in touch uh, close to, well, yeah, right about 20 years ago. And then as friendships do, they, you know, kind of like eroded into a, a phone call every few months or something. And then, and then MySpace friends, Facebook friends, whatever. But even 15, 20 years later now, um, like I said, he would, his name would pop up. It was, you know, and I just thought, are, did he delete me? Like, are we not friends anymore? <laughs> I thought that would be really weird. Like there's no, there was a reason, you know? <sighs> and so I typed his name in to Facebook and when, uh, when you search on Facebook, it'll like show you, um, like the results listed and it, and it says friends underneath their name if you're friends with them and it said friends and I was like oh phew, he didn't delete me that's cool because <laughs> there's been sometimes that I'm like I wonder what someone's was doing and it's like add friend I'm like oh gosh guess we're not friends anymore which is fine um and I thought oh well that's good we're still friends and I opened up his profile page and I think right about this point the light turned green and I started to drive and um The first post that I saw on his page was someone else either mentioning him or writing on his wall um, how much they missed him and they couldn't believe he was gone. And so as you can imagine, um, that was the moment that I was like, see, this is why I shouldn't be on Facebook while I'm fucking driving. (laughs) Um, And it was... I mean, I don't have to tell you if you've lost anyone close to you, not close to you. Even learning that someone you only met one time 
even learning that they're gone, that it's, it's always a gut punch. And it was a really swift and firm gut punch, um, to see that he, he was gone for multiple reasons. Um, he had, um, illness that I knew about, um, but I didn't know, like, the severity or... I had just assumed that he was fine, the last that I knew of him. Um, So I I pulled over, and I... um, Thankfully, there was a a place I could pull over, like, immediately. And um, I kind of lost it for a minute, and I was like, this can't be... No, he can't be gone. This can't be... This can't be happening. And And then I was like, well, when did this happen? And I kept scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and through some very deep scrolling and um, clicking to other posts and whatnot I finally found a um, someone had posted like the program to his memorial service and I learned that he had passed in October of 2021 okay it was March 2023 when I was having this discovery and so that was wild because it was like holy shit he's been gone for a year and a half and I had no idea no idea and we still we had like I'm connected through social media with multiple mutual friends of ours some people who I was very close with and still consider to be like of, you know, my best friends, like of my lifetime. Um, but it just, for whatever reason, I missed it. I had no idea. And then I felt like a horrible person. Like, how did, how did I miss this? You know? And then I'm like, wait, did I miss it? Did I like just block it out? Like I got my head a little bit. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, so I logged out of DoorDash and I drove home because I was like, I'm not in any, I'm no longer in the mood to deliver people's dinner. And I just, um, it shook me. It rattled me. And I was, it was very upsetting. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to share why, um, this, when I share with this story about holding space, you'll, you'll understand why. Um, but it was just like, it was so wild. And so it's interesting because in this day I had to hold space for myself. I was like, no more DoorDash, no more, just, you know, just go home and just chill. And, um, and I, and it brought up a lot of memories. I mean, not a ton of memories. We didn't like, I don't know, like a, a huge, he wasn't like a huge part of my life for a long time, but he made an impact on my life. And as I was like reviewing all these memories you know, I, I would think of like, he had, he, um, at the time, like I was in my early twenties, he was 30, he owned his own home. And so like he would, he, his house was like the house that people would go hang out at a lot of times because he had a house. <laughs> and so like, you know, I thought of times there were, there were parties at his house or different times, um, at different events with friends. And, um, you know, like I remembered, um, when he introduced me to his, who became the girl who became his wife. And I remembered like, I only met her one time 
and I think it was like at a happy hour or something. And it was literally like a, just a couple minutes in passing. Like they were waiting for their, to pay their bill and to leave. And we had like, like we maybe even taken over their table or something. I don't know. And, um, and I remember like in that flash being like, Oh, there's, she's something special. Like I knew, like, I just knew like he's gonna marry that girl. And, uh, and that happened with a, a handful of my guy friends over the years. It was really cool. Like to see the difference in like, the, just the way he looked at her was like, oh, this is not just like a date. This is, he's going to marry this girl. Of course, I didn't say that out loud because that probably would have freaked both of them out. <laughs> but, you know, and I, and I just kind of thought about different, different experiences I had with him and, and I just let myself be a little bit sad. And, um, overall I felt really grateful. I felt so grateful for him because, um, the one experience that I had with him that, that shine over it, it outshines all the rest. Um, and it outshines a lot of experiences I've had with a lot of people was, um, when I lost my mother, um, who will probably, I will we'll probably talk about her a lot on this podcast. Um, if we haven't already, I don't know when this episode's going to get published. Um, but I lost her in January of 20 or 2007, excuse me. And so at this point in my friendship with Justin, um, we'd known each other probably three or four years. Um, I had moved out of the area that, that we both lived in, um, probably six months to a year prior to this happening. And he, at this time, text messaging had like just kind of begun and I don't even know I think I had this weird phone that I had to like go onto a browser to get my text messages like I don't even know if I was getting text messages to my actual phone so like phone calls were the way like we would talk to each other for for the most part most people in my life so when I moved I moved about an hour away I was we lived an hour north of San Diego I moved to San Diego and he was someone who would like check in on me, you know, like every couple months or something. Like we would just stay in touch. Like, Hey, how's it going? What's new with you? You know? And then like, and then weeks or months would pass by or whatever. And, um, we just stayed friends over the years, you know? And so now it's January of 2007. And, um, when I lost my mom, we had to, she lived in Arizona with my younger sister who was 17 at the time. I lived in San Diego and I didn't have a car, which is, I don't know, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I think I was going to say, which is important, but it wasn't important. So kind of important. Okay. Anyway. Uh, so I lived in San Diego. My dad, my uncle, my brother, and my cousin drove down from uh, about an hour north, picked me up. We drove out to San Diego or to Arizona. This was like Tuesday night. We found out she died on a Tuesday, on Tuesday morning. We drive out through the night, Tuesday night to go be with my sister, make all the, take care of everything that needs to be taken care of. Um, she lived in, she rented a mobile home and we were, it was like, it was January 30th. So I think that either it was one of two things. We were on a very limited time schedule because either her rent was only paid through January 
or it had just been paid for February and it was, I think it had maybe not been paid yet, but like the money was in the account or something. So like we were able to get in touch with the landlord, pay the rent for the next month, but we still, we, we had like two or three days before my uncle and my dad had to get back to work. So we had to, and I didn't have my own car, so I couldn't stay on my own. It was like this whole, it was just, we were on a, on a very limited time schedule. So if you've ever had to take care of something like this, you understand that there's not really time for grief or pain because there's a job to be done. And so for the first probably 48 hours of, or maybe even 72 hours of me at 26 years old losing my mom, I was in go mode. I was not feeling much. I was definitely doing. I was I was a human doing. I was not a human being. <laughs> we're cleaning out her house and we're um, getting my sister situated because she didn't want to come back to California with us. We were finding people she could stay with that we were close to out there so she could finish out the school year and, you know, just trying to just settle as much of the dust as we could. So I didn't really start grieving right away. And um, I think we probably came home like Friday or something. And I stayed the weekend at my uncle's house um, who lived in that area that I used to live in. So Justin, my friend, I, I, I don't know if I had told him or if I had posted on MySpace or if somebody else told him for whatever reason, he called and checked in on me. And, um, through this process, he, I think he probably checked in on me either every day or every other day. I remember him being in like relatively constant contact and we had a conversation and, he was like, you know, I just, my heart goes out to you. I want you to know I'm here for you. And this was the, f so I'm about to tell you the first distinction about holding space. So when you lose someone, a lot of people want to help. A lot of people don't know what to do. A lot of people don't know what to say. And a lot of people say things like, oh, don't just reach out if you need me. Just let me know if you need anything. Just let me know what you need. And if you get one thing from this podcast, I want to inform you that when somebody loses someone close to them, they don't know what the fuck they need. You need to, you need to anticipate a need and just do it. Okay. Just pick something and do it for them. You suggest it. They don't know what they need and they, and they probably don't feel like asking. So that's, <laughs> that's my side note. But what Justin did differently is he, when he, offered let when he let me know he was there for me he let me know how he was there for me and he said so when we got back to my uncle's house I had now been with my dad my uncle my brother my sister my cousin who all of us are grieving this same loss and my uncle was my mom's twin brother so he was like the closest so this there was a lot of emotions everywhere and I was just like yeah it's just a lot you know like just like three days straight of just where I'm just in it. Right. And Justin said, well, I'm here. I don't have plans. And if you feel like you need to get away, shoot me a text or call me and I'll, I'll come get you. 
he not only suggested a need, he also suggested a way that he could fill it. And like, I remember when he said it, and I was like, no, 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 I'm fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. I'm going to be okay. Thank you. But because when you're grieving, you don't want to impose anything on anybody. You don't like, you feel like you're not good company. You, and they, I, that may just be myself, but that was my experience. My experience was I didn't want to be a burden on anybody. I wanted to be a big girl. And, and I hadn't even really allowed myself to start feeling what I was feeling yet because it was just so in like operation mode. And something happened when he made that suggestion in the moment. I was like, no, 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 no. But once it was out there, you know, we hung up the phone. I went back into the mess that was just, it was just like a house of tears, you know? And I remember getting to like my limit and, and feeling like there is no space in this environment for me to feel what I need to feel. And it was starting to bubble. And it was just like, I felt like I was going to pop. And after a few hours, or it might've even been the next day, I think, I think he may have said it to me like in the morning. And then it was like by the evening I understood. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is what he meant. Like, I need to get the fuck out of here. And so I called him back and I was like, um, remember when you said like, I want to get out of here. And I don't even think I needed to finish the thought. He was like, yeah, I'm on my way. I'm, he, he was like in the middle of something. He was like, I just gotta, I don't know. It was like, turn something, turn off the grill. Or I don't know what he, I, you know, it was like something was happening. Like I'm vacuuming or I don't know what he probably was not vacuuming. I'm pretty sure he had a housekeeper. Um, he was like, I just gotta clean something up or whatever. And I'll be there and, I'm not kidding. He was probably, he was about 20, 25 minutes away. And I think he probably got there in about 30 minutes. It was like maybe 45 at the most. It was just long enough for me to explain to my aunt and uncle, like, I gotta, I gotta take some time and maybe I'll be back later, but maybe I'll be back tomorrow. I don't know. (laughs) And they were like, it's fine. We got, we understand. And (laughs) oh my God, I just remember I was so embarrassed because like, I had packed like a suitcase or a big bag. Like I didn't have, I only had like big luggage with me cause I didn't know how long I was going to be gone. And I had thrown the weirdest clothes in. Like I packed it in a, in a blur. I did not have like presentable outfits to go like be seen in public. And, um, in also during this day, like it's my, my two closest girlfriends in the area, they had said, you know, like, um, I think I might have said, like, Justin's coming to pick me up. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I just need to get out of here. And they were like, well, we'd love to take you out for a drink or just if you want to spend the night. Like, I spent the night at one of their houses. And I was like, you know what? That actually sounds great. So I threw, like, like a toothbrush and, like, my face wash and, like, an outfit in, in like, a grocery bag. <laughs> and so, so Justin comes to pick me up and he gets there. And I'm, like, standing in the driveway with my little grocery bag. <laughs> I looked like a, a lost child and I was just like, who knows what I looked like? And, um, and this is a man for, to, to, to illustrate why this mattered to me. This was a man who like 
never had anything out of place. Like his house was spotless. He, I'm pretty sure he had a housekeeper. He was very clean, very tidy, very particular, very like his clothes were all very specific name brand. Uh, he had a Jersey for like every team that he liked. He was, um, he had everything dry cleaned. Like I think he had his undershirts dry cleaned. Like this man was, and, it, and I'm pretty sure he was picking me up in like a Mercedes or something. And I was like standing there with my, my little grocery bag and my aunt and uncle smoke in the house so I was like oh my gosh like I probably stink to high heaven but I also was like this shell of a person so like I, I I cared but like not enough to like I was just so out of it so I get in the car and I'm like I'm so sorry I probably stink and I'm just like oh my god like under normal circumstances this, he would probably like kick someone out of his car for bringing cigarette smoke in and he's like it's fine who cares and I like and he like really didn't. And so he goes, um, are you hungry? Are you do you want do you want to go anywhere? Do you want do you want to go to a bar? Do you want to go to an empty field and throw things? Like what he was like, what do you want to do? And I said, honestly, I don't know. I just you suggested getting out of there and I just felt like I needed to get out of there and I don't know anything else. And he was like, Okay, why don't we just we'll just go to my house and then we'll just go from there. And I was like, Okay. And I think it was like a Saturday night. I was like, I'm sorry, did you have plans? And he was like, no, you're good. He's like, I might have plans later, but who cares? So we go to his house and he offered, he's like, again, like asked me if I want food. And I was like, I was just like shell-shocked. I was just like a zombie. I just remember feeling like I was walking, but like on air. Like I, I just, I was... I was like in a dream. It was so weird. And he, he, he like, he goes, well, sit, sit down and make yourself at home. He's like, I'm gonna get you some water. How's that? I'm like, okay. So he brings me a glass of water. He goes, do you mind if I put on the game? It was probably a basketball game on. I'm like, sure, I don't care. I, I honestly did not care about anything. Like, <laughs> he could have had a marching band come through the room. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have cared. I just had to get away from my family. And I think... I probably was only with him for maybe an hour or two. We'll say probably two hours. And he sat with me like on he had his couches were like in an L shape, so like I sat I was sitting on one and then there was like the end table and then he sat on the other one and we kinda talked a little bit and I think he probably asked me just about like logistical stuff and um I just remember like he just let me be. Like, I didn't, he didn't harp on my feelings. He didn't say like, oh, I just, I just wish I could make you feel better. I wish you weren't hurting. I wish you weren't, because when you lose someone, like everybody just wants to make you feel better. And then the way I internalized that was, shit, I owe it to everybody to feel better. Like, I felt like I was a burden on everybody in my life because I didn't feel good. And I was like, you know what? My mom just dropped dead at age 47. I don't want to feel like, I don't want to feel good about that. It's not good. It sucks. Can, is it is it okay for me to just feel that for a minute? Fuck, you know? And I don't think that... It, again, this is, that's how I internalize it. And that was my perception of what people were saying. And people don't know what to say. And then they don't say anything. And then it, it's just... Grief is such a bizarre and fascinating journey. But... And I don't know if he just 
innately knew how to handle this or if he had experienced I, I never asked him but he literally just carved out a little bit of space and held it for me I sat on his couch for like I said probably two hours a shell of a person while he lived his life outside he like he watched the game and he it was just so funny looking back because he like took a phone call I think he made something eat it was like probably wiped down a counter or something went outside came back in was watching the game and just like he just let me exist and he existed around me and I never felt like I was imposing I never felt like I was intruding he he just let me be he let me feel whatever and I think like I may have spoken up a little bit and when I did he listened and he didn't he offered comfort um, but he didn't offer any kind of like advice or um, he didn't impose any should on me you know and it just I remember feeling like just relief and it wasn't a very long period of time and it was a long road of grief ahead of me that I had no idea about but he gave me the opportunity to pause when I desperately needed a pause. And it, I believe that it was absolutely the thing that, that allowed me to push through the next week or month or whatever, the next bit of time. And I don't know. So later... I, as I began to process the grief and I began to, and as months and years went by, like I remember, um, cause I've been very open about the loss of my mother and it, it, I have been led to many others who either lost their mother or someone close to them lost their mother. And I've been able to kind of like offer insight and on how to support them. And what I've always said is, you know, the best thing that anybody did for me in the early stages of my grief was when my friend Justin not only suggested, but went through, he, he suggested to me something that I might need. And then he provided it and he just let me feel whatever I was feeling. He just listened to me. When I spoke, he didn't expect me to talk. He just, he just let me be, you know, and he didn't handle me with kid gloves and he didn't tell me, oh, well, you should be grateful for this or you should be, he just let me be. And the first time that I heard the term hold space was probably not for at least 10 years later. And I remember not fully understanding what that term meant like hold space what did that mean and and at some point um in either talent because i've told this story of how it's just so funny because it's such a simple thing like yeah this guy came over picked me up and let me sit on his couch for two hours and cry a little bit and drink half a glass of water like and it was like <laughs> monumental in my life <laughs> But that's another example of like little things can leave big impacts. So when you have, when your intuition tells you like, 
I should do this little thing for somebody. Do it because you never know what a huge impact it, this this man left a gigantic impact on my heart and and it has transformed the way I support others when they're grieving or when they're hurting. And so at some point I realized like oh that was that was like the, the a prime example of holding space. And I hope that I've painted a an accurate picture of this. Um when I found out that he, that he was gone, um, I instantly had regret because I don't think I ever shared with him how much that meant to me. I don't think I ever communicated to him like what you did for me really helped me. It was exactly what I needed. And um, and I always say like I believe that God brings you exactly who you need, exactly when you need them, and in exactly the way that you need them. And that was absolutely what happened there, you know. Um, I wish that I would have told him. I wish that I would have shared with him. Um, and that is, you know, one regret I have. Like, I'd like to think that wherever he is, he knows. And, um, and there's, you know, it is what it is at this point. Um, but, you know, since I couldn't tell him, I'm telling you, and maybe you'll use that information to better hold space for someone else that needs it, whether they're grieving or just going through a hard time or just living a human life. <laughs> because, you know, holding space is something that we need to do for each other um, in all sorts of scenarios. Um, so yeah, I think that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> like I said, this is the very first episode I'm recording. So, um, maybe we'll just leave it all choppy and, and weird, full of ums and likes. And, um, who knows what the sound quality is like. I'm using one AirPod and I'm sitting on my bed in my bedroom. There's a Dyson fan going, which I just now realized that might be, you know what? The sound is the sound, whatever. Um, thank you so much for spending 34 minutes with me. Um, thank you, Justin, wherever you are. And, um, I hope that when given the opportunity for you to hold space for someone, I hope that you take it. And I hope that they appreciate it like I did. That's all I've got for you today. Um, wow, I don't know how I'm going to end my podcast yet. So, <laughs> so much to say goodbye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I can't wait to spend more time with you all. And um, I hope you make the best, the absolute very best of today. See ya. <laughs>